A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Twenty-four months. Georgia leaned against a palm tree that was just outside of Franklin's condo and breathed a huge sigh of relief. She was mentally and physically exhausted, as it had taken all of her powers of persuasion to convince him that it was in both their best interests to break off their exclusive relationship in favor of a no-strings, friends-with-benefits arrangement. She managed to get him to understand and appreciate the advantages of it. It would separate Franklin from Georgia's secret and illegal pursuit to adopt their biological child. It also gave him license to indulge in trysts with other women, without the nagging, guilty feelings that used to accompany these indiscretions. He could also enjoy being a cool uncle without the responsibility of being a father. That is if Georgia could actually pull off this dangerous scheme. Georgia had not seen or heard from Phil since he disappeared from the exotic storm over two years ago. She never told Franklin about Phil's selfless sacrifice. As far as Franklin knew or cared, Phil was still hiding out in drag with the exotics. He didn't ask, and she didn't tell. Franklin preferred to stay completely ignorant on the subject of Georgia's fugitive cousin. Georgia spent at least part of every reproduction center appointment engaged in friendly conversation with Tiffany that always included a carefully posed question or two that would add to her insider's knowledge on the workings of the R.C. and the next steps following the gestation period. During one of these conversations, Georgia shared Franklin's comment about the two-parent requirement for adoption that caused Tiffany to roll her eyes. Don't worry about it. A retiring egg donor can apply to adopt on her own, so long as she isn't too picky about it. What do you mean? I mean that single parents are free to adopt, so long as they are willing to get whatever, I mean, Whoever's left over after the registered couples put in their bids. Then looking over both shoulders, she whispered, Of course, that's the official regulation, Georgia. The best toddlers always go to the highest bidders. You mean I have to... Uh-huh, she interrupted. You read me, right? Tiffany winked. I know an RT or two who are willing to bend the rules just enough to make things happen. Then her grin broadened into a toothy smile. When you're ready to adopt, you can just go through me, okay? Mum's the word. 
a month before her baby came to term and was moved from the hatchery to the Infant Development Center, Georgia started volunteering there in her spare time. She was a fast learner and impressed the staff with her ability to calm colicky infants and gently distract the toddlers from their temper tantrums. She had a hard time containing her excitement and emotion when baby girl E55-66L was finally carried into the center and placed in a plexiglass bassinet between two baby boys. Georgia fell immediately in love, but forced herself to divide her attention evenly among all the infants and toddlers during her volunteer shifts. She counted the hours between visits and bragged incessantly to the exotics about baby girl's weight gain, her ability to hold her head up before the rest, and her curious and amused reactions to the other infants. In no time, Baby Girl had grown into a robust toddler, full of energy and contrariness. She gave all her caretakers a run for their money, except for Georgia, whose visits were met with welcome relief from the exasperated staff. Her insatiable energy and lack of cooperation worked to Georgia's advantage, so she did very little to try to tame her. Honestly, she relished her daughter's spunk and sass. Baby girl had huge blue eyes and wavy light brown hair like her father. But Georgia took silent pride in the auburn highlights that caught the light when she pushed a playmate down in the play yard in her rush to get a coveted toy. Most of the prospective parents who visited the center to look over the toddlers and put in their bids for adoption shied away from baby girl. She was beautiful and healthy, but showed every sign of being a difficult child to control. These couples opted for docile, sweet-natured children who had more potential to easily conform to their parents' expectations and hopes for domestic bliss. By the time baby girl passed her evaluation at 24 months, the RTs were more than ready to name her and prepare her release for immediate adoption. They named her Roxanne. Georgia loved the name. It suited her daughter well. She would call her Roxy. Georgia had turned 38 years old and was nearing the end of her fertility. An adoption couldn't have come at a better time. Child-rearing was a worthy occupation for a retired egg donor and would likely keep her out of the termination center for several years. Franklin had already retired and was living out his days in an idle palm ale buzz, doing who knows what with who knows who to pass the time. He was lucky, as most of the sperm donors she knew had met a less glorious end. Apparently, Franklin was telling the truth about knowing secrets that would buy him more time. She would visit him from time to time just to check up on him, but those visits always ended up the same way, she would succumb to his deteriorating charms and spend the night with him. It was during one of these lapses of judgment that Georgia decided to tell him everything. As they rested in the afterglow of making love, she lifted her head from the cradle of Franklin's upper arm and stared earnestly into his eyes. I think you ought to know something. Our daughter is turning two in four days. I put in a bid to adopt her. 
she paused. And it was accepted. Did you bribe anyone? Of course, but I really didn't need to. She's a little brat. No one else wanted her. Well, he sighed, good for you. I'm happy for you. Georgia searched for any expression of excitement on his face. Aren't you even the least bit curious to meet her? Her name is Roxy. He shook his head no and looked away from her judgmental frown. Well, maybe after a while. Just remember, you promise not to tell anyone I'm the father. Georgia laid back on the bed against his chest. It's hard to believe I'll be bringing her home in a few days. It's all gone so smoothly. I never really thought I could get away with this. It's going to be fine. He stroked her hair and after several seconds broke his silence. So, is she good looking like me? She's beautiful. Tall for her age, too. Georgia grinned to herself. Was that just a moment of curious vanity, or was cool Uncle Franklin beginning to warm up to the idea of fatherhood now that he was approaching middle age? She hoped that there was a real chance that he would be involved in Roxy's life. That was good enough, right? She shouldn't expect or want more from him than that. <laughs>